Welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now, here are your hosts, Rhett and Ron White, Buffalo Brian, and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Welcome to episode 45 of the Pred Wings Podcast, fellas. And, well, I guess we can start wait, with uh, last. Wait, go ahead. Oh, I was going to talk. It's just going to be really quick because it was a disaster again. Last night's uh, beer league, the beer league minute, I guess we can call it. Um, yeah, while well, we played a team that's had no, has no business being in the novice uh, division. They're outscoring before the game last night. They they got 15 goals for in two games and only two goals against. So that should tell you right there. Well, it actually didn't start out too bad. It was four to one going in the third period. Um, actually four to nothing. I think it was. No way. We scored in the second. So it was four to one going third, and then late third period. I don't know. It was like six or seven to one, but. We kind of kept them at bay for most of the game anyway, but it was just one of those games that just, I don't know. I don't know. So we're on three, kind of like the Predators. All right, so what were you going to say for... No, it's, I, don't we have a little uh, dish to pass right now? Are you talking about sloppy crow? Uh, a little bit of crow? Are you going to serve up some crow? Um, well, let's first, uh, before we get into the, uh, into that, the, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Predwings Podcast, uh, Twitter, we're on Predwings Pod, or at Predwings Pod, Twitch and Discord at Predwings Podcast, um, but I think last week, he's, he's referring to, uh, last week we were talking about our, uh, preseason predictions um you know the mid-season uh kind of show you know mid-season uh, assessment of the nhl and i want to say this about one thing i said i couldn't have been any farther wrong about the bruins uh, it was awful oh yeah and here here is the uh clip from the preseason show in September from that. I think they're going to be at the bottom. I just don't I, I don't know. Maybe maybe not, but Boston. They're just a team, another team that I can't figure out if they're and don't take this the wrong way, but it reminds me a lot of the Predators. They just don't know if they want to go into a true rebuild or if they want to make a push for the cup. Yeah, and I still stand by that. I mean, they did, they made, like, no changes last year. None. I mean, obviously, it didn't matter. Uh, the only change, really, was McCarthy coming in. Um, you mean, um, uh, what's his name? The the, can, the, the coach from... Yeah, yes, yes. Um, now I'm trying to blank it. Um, he was a... Um, he coached... Uh, Dallas. What the heck? Now I can't remember his name. Montgomery. Jim Montgomery, Montgomery. yes. Not McCarthy. Montgomery. Yeah, that's the only thing I can 
equate this to. I, I just, I did not see Boston doing what they're doing. They're an aging team. You know, at some point, these guys are going to hit a plateau, and I thought this year could have been it. I mean, last year, again, not another Stanley Cup bounce from the playoffs, and yeah, they didn't really, they didn't really change anything. So I had thought for sure, you know, here's a team that's that's older. The guys are getting older. Eventually, their, you know, their production is going to start slowing, and here we are. Boston is one of the best teams in NHL history right now. So, yep. I just ate a whole boatload of crow right there. Yeah, and I'm kind of the same boat with, um, I believe it was Ottawa. Because here's here's my little clip from the season show. And then I got Ottawa in third. Okay, so I did predict their third. Um, but they're like in last. <laughs> so I guess that was kind of wrong on that one. Um. And then um, I think, didn't I have uh, the Predators, like, a lot higher? Um, this is my... You have uh, been the Stanley Cup every year. What does it matter? Oh, no, I don't have them every year. But this is this was my Central Division uh, prediction. And then uh, Nashville, I think, will finish second. And uh, Colorado, and, or a lot of people probably pick uh, Colorado to win it, but I think they're going to finish third. And then uh, Dallas, uh, and then Minnesota, Winnipeg, Arizona, and then Chicago will, uh, I think, uh, round out the division. Well, it's got some of that right, but here's uh, here's Ron's uh, central predictions. But yeah, looking at the central, I I think it's going to be a toss up between uh, Minnesota and Colorado. Um, I think Dallas and St. Louis are going to be right there, um, but I think Nashville is going to be right in the mix with it as well. I think Winnipeg, Arizona, and Chicago are going to finish at the bottom of the division. You were wrong about the Predators. Nope. Got, got the um, Chicago and Arizona, well, right? That was kind of easy. Easy. That, that wasn't much of a thing to to uh, figure out. But, yeah. yeah I, better than they're doing. That's for sure. But uh, I think. Um, and the biggest one of all. Play it. Hit it. Uh, which one was that? Your boy TT, TNT. Oh, the one I did the, I kind of hijacked your, uh, yeah, your, uh, rage. You got it? Your, did you cut a sound bite for it? Yeah, I, that, you're talking about the one I, I hijacked your rat, rat room? Yeah, that one, play it, let's hear it. It's kind of a lengthy, it's like over a minute long. whole thing, just play, play a, a sec, few seconds of it. We'll get the gist, I'm sure. Kevin Adams, if you're listening, I'm available. You can sign me. I'll play. I'll sit the bench. You can sign me. What are you thinking? Signing Tage Thompson to a massive $50 million contract. Yeah, it's a seven-year contract. But... It's more than Kadri. 
That's a 7.14 AAV. That's annual average value. If you don't How do you know. feel about it now, D-Law? Kadri makes 49 for seven years. That's just under seven, that's seven million, but just under 7.14. Tage Thompson is nobody. Yes. How's that he had 38 now? goals and 38 assists, but that's one season. 78 games. You don't give somebody that one season, a one season wonder, as far as I'm concerned, $50 million just for one season. Well, who figured that would be wrong, though? And then uh, Buffalo in fourth. <clears throat> and then Toronto. Oh, oh well, I hit the wrong button there. <laughs> Let's see here. Toronto was second. Buffalo. That was it. That was my. That was my Atlantic predictions. You say Buffalo uh, fourth because that's where they are right now. Look at you, D Law. Like you know Maybe I actually got something right for a change. Um, I do have. Fourth, I do have. I do have a clip on um, Ron's Eichel. Uh, a uh, little comment, but that's, I mean, at least he doesn't have to uh, eat crow on this one. Eichel, this is a big put up or shut up year. We just paid you the money. We made you rich and you embarrassed your old team to come to us. So he needs to put up because right now Buffalo's laughing this all the way to the market. Sure. They, they won that trade. Yep. I, yeah, I, I hold true to that. I mean, they are. I mean, Eichel's injury prone. When he's on the ice, he's one of the better players in the league. I'm not going to say the greatest because you've got a lot of great players in the league right now, but he's a great hockey player when he plays. And he's been injury prone. And... Not in the past four games, he hasn't been good. Oh, what's he done in the last four games? I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get later, to it. But... Yep. The yeah. But um, I think that's. Um... Pretty much all the. Yeah, it wasn't too much of that. I just like all all the Thompson. What are you thinking? I'll sit there. Yeah, and I, you just sign anybody. Yeah. Well, I hijacked that rat room, and I guess, well, who who, who would have thought that he'd be doing what he is this season? Well, apparently Buffalo. Well, I'm, I guess that's why their GM's the GM, and I'm just sitting here recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess um I guess we can kind of move into the into the recaps uh, um unless I mean I, I, there was a couple more pre uh sound bites for some of the predictions but actually you know actually before I move in I think I did um <clears throat> my I have a King's sound bite for my predictions, but I don't remember if I said they were how they were going to do. So let me just play this before we jump into the recaps, and then that'll kind of that's a good seg going into my Prez recaps. Uh, in the Pacific Division, I think the Kings are going to take that division. Well, I think they are up on up on top of the league, um, or top of the division, but um. That moves us into the recaps with the Predators, um, and they their first one is the Kings. Um, going into this uh, game, the Predators were 21-18-6, and, 
and going into the Preds, this, this Kings game, which was at, which was in uh, Smashville, uh, and these are some of the big big names, big big players for the Preds that really need to start scoring. Uh, Forsberg, Hansen, Duchesne, Granlund, and Niederreiter. Five of those players. I mean, there there's some pretty should be some pretty good scorers right there. They they had three goals in the last five games. That was just before the Kings game. Between them all, so that I mean that's why the seasons they're having. Um, but uh, you know, before coming into the Kings game, you know they had that we talked about this last last uh, episode about the Blues. You know they, you know that devastating loss to the Blues, and just it was just an ugly loss. The Preds uh, leadership group, Yossi and you know, all them, they had a team meeting. Um, you know after that loss with players, and and they actually had uh, some of the leadership group had a meeting with Hines as well, or Hines had a meeting with them. Uh, I'm not sure who called that one, but uh, you know, Yossi's, you know, he's he's the captain. He's stepping up. He's you know holding these, you know, making sure everybody's accountable and kind of doing what they need to do. But um, it it must have worked because they came out fine. You know, uh, you know, and you know, I, I hate to say this, but you know, uh, Fiala is you know that's a huge loss for the Predators. He's you know now on the Kings. Uh, off-season um, acquisition by the Kings. He's leading the Kings in goals and points. So that's kind of <laughs> kind of what the Preds are thinking right there. Um, um, I would hope. Um, but you know the goaltending has been an issue for the Kings, um, and well, I guess they kind of started that way because. The Predators scored two goals in the first 39 seconds. Granlin got a tip-in goal just 19 seconds in from an Alexander Carrier shot. Um, and Granlin had no points in the, in the in, um, eight games leading up to that. And then Duchesne uh, made it two to nothing. Uh, he was in the slot when he scored. Yeah, that was a five-hole goal. That was his twelfth. Uh, he, he had no goals in the in nine games coming into that game. So there's you know, and coming off that meeting and everything, and but um, that was also those two goals in thirty-nine seconds was the tenth fastest in NHL history, and obviously the fastest in Preds history. Um, so you know, the king that Chase Copley, um, which is. You know, I would. I think the Kings pretty good forward. Um, or a rookie, I mean. Um, he's a goaltender. I don't know. What I was thinking forward. Um, but uh, you know, so they. You know, he thirty nine seconds. He's sitting the bench. Uh, Quick came in. Uh, you know, two goals on three shots. So I guess. Oh, well, it it sort of worked things because they kind of. You know, they, they kind of held the fort there for a while. Um, but uh, Jeannot and uh, the, tur- the turtle, not, not the turtle, the turtle's son, uh, Brent, turtle junior, I like to call him. Um, he, uh, they got into a fight. Um, it was actually a Jeannot hit from behind. Um, 
I don't remember if it was on Lemieux or somebody else. I think it was on somebody else. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was a hit from behind. It was. It wasn't against the boards. It was an open ice. I I, I don't know if you can call it dirty or not. Wanna, but hey, I want to chime in really quick. You're talking about Janot, who I was so high on. I I loved his style of play. He reminded me of a Darren McCarty like that true tough guy that could also score goals. He's going to hurt you in, in many ways on the ice, literally. But I've been, you know, as as I follow and read a lot of this Predators fan base, um, you know, on social media, they're they're finding a lot of hate towards Jano because of his lack of production. Like, hey, we see a flash of the pan, one-trick pony, um, you know, saying stuff like that because he's not putting up the points that he's done before. One person said he's looking too hard to get the hits instead of trying to put points on the board. What What are your thoughts? I'm just I'm interested to see what you have to say. Well, that just seems like the mo of the Predators. They always seem to, you know, like well, like I mentioned earlier with Forsberg and Johansson and Grant and Duchesne and Niederreiter. Goals and points. You know, they're teams, not hits. They're they're, you know, like I was saying, you know, Forsberg, Johansson, Duchesne, Granlin, Nieder, you know, coming in this game, they had three goals between the three of them. That seems like that's just predators. They they just don't have, they don't, their players don't seem to score a lot of goals. I mean, if you put those five players on other teams and they probably got 30, 40 goals. Yeah, I mean, look, Tate Thompson's got 30-something. He's no – I mean, well, I'm not going to go in there. Um, but, you know, this – the Geno fight, that was his eighth fighting major of the season. That's um, more than the entire Red Wings team. Well, there's some teams that just aren't a fighting team either. Which I'm okay, I'm okay with this. But, I mean, in this game, you put up five goals. You did put up some points. But specifically, I'm, I'm trying to get the stats right now. For Jano, like I'm, I'm just, I'm interested to know, like how many. But uh, you know, at, coming off that, um, you know, coming off that fight, and you know, the goalie pull or the goalie change. Five um, goals, eight assists this year. That's all he has. Okay. In 48 games. So I just wanted to update that. So what, what are your thoughts on it? I know you said that. Uh, what are your thoughts specifically on? I don't know. He just, you know, he's just in a slump, hardcore. He's just, you know, he's it's just, a sophomore slump. I, I can get well, over that. I, I don't even want to say a sophomore slump. I mean, because it could, you know, slumps happen. You know, whether whether you're a second year player or a ten year player. Um, but yeah, I think it just, you know, it just, uh, they just like to use those terms. But um, as I was saying, um. You know, coming off the goalie change and in the fight, you know the Kings they got a little bit of a lucky break. Uh, Johansson's stick broke, and then they ended up with a two-on-one, and Kopitar, you know, scored to cut the lead. Um, so you know, I was thinking, here we go again. As why as I was watching it, um, but another exciting, another another interesting note on Ekholm. Um, his last ten games. This is uh, prior to the Kings game. He had three goals, and he was tied. That that was tied for third on the team. Six points, which was fifth, and his time on ice is second on the team with twenty-one minutes and fourteen seconds. Um, 
So just just wanted to throw it because I know we've been talking about Ekholm, you know, a lot lately. But um, you know, yeah, I, I think he's a I think he's a good hockey player. I do. I, I'm not. I never bashed him <laughs> as a hockey player, just for the record. And I do agree with you that there is a lot more to the game than just points. But like I had said, as you grow in the league and you mature, you know, you're going to start doing things a little bit better. And one of those things is putting points on the board to help your team. And I never, I'm not saying he's bad. I do agree that maybe you look to possibly trade him while he's got some trade value to him and go in, you know, and start that process of a rebuild. And I know it's not a crazy start, but I think he would be a good player to yield some decent return to help you guys in the future. But I don't want to hijack your recap. But, um, but you know, going on, you know, Fiala, and I heard mentioned Fiala again, you know, I, I, I really wish he was still on the Predators, but I guess I, I need to get over with that because he's not. Um, you know, the, the team obviously felt that they were better without him, but he was just all over the Preds in the first period. Um, they didn't score. Um, but, you know, the second period, um, you know, the puck, another bounce. Um, it goes off of Kempe's leg and goes in the net, uh, ties the game at two. Um, but, you know, speaking of, you know, getting hit with a puck, um, the ref, uh, one of the refs, I don't know what he was doing. It was like in, he was like skating through the slot area or something. Usually they're supposed to be in the corner. It was he was actually more screening the goaltender. Uh, he got hit on the inside of his leg. Um, There's not much padding, uh, and he had to leave the game. Um, so they had to they had to resume the rest. You know, they did the rest of the game with just the three refs. Um, what did you say his name was? But Francois Saint Laurent, I think it was something like that. But there was no, um, I haven't heard, seen any updates as far as if he's out or how long he's going to be out or when's he going to, when he's coming back. So it's, you know, he's, he's probably okay. Um, I'm sure I would have heard if he's like got a broken leg or something. Um, but yeah, I just don't know, you know, if, I mean, it was probably a smart thing. I mean, the Kings player, I don't remember, I think it was, uh, uh, was it Kempe or Kopitar? I don't remember who it was, but who shot the puck, and he was probably just trying to, uh, you know, use him as a screen. Um, it's probably, it's, it's, I hate to say it, but it's probably a good thing it hit the, it hit the ref because it probably would have been a goal. Um, but, um, you know, the Kings, there was no, um, no Preds power play even going, you know, through the second period. Um, and, you know, you know, Kempe scored on their part. You know, the Kings got a power play. That was, uh, you know, they took the lead on that. And, you know, the, the Preds penalty before that power play goal was, I mean, it was looking really good as usual. Um, well, mainly Soros. Um, um and, and then another player, uh, you know, Niederreiter, he left the game uh, early in the third. Uh, he got hit with a puck high. So that seemed like a kind of recurring thing in this game. Everybody's getting hit with a puck. Um, 
But they, uh, the Preds finally got a power play with uh, eight, just eight minutes left in the third period, and uh, they uh, their power play is just terrible. They were one for one for twenty five um, before they scored this power play goal. Ryan Johansson, and and you know, it, I mentioned these five players that didn't have three, and look what they did against this game. Um, he he had a nice tip in goal. That was his eleventh goal. And then Duchesne scored uh, his 13th second of the game. It was a nice goal. Um, but, uh, you know, Ekholm continues his play. He had a huge hit at the blue line um, to spring the break that uh, led to the Duchesne goal. Uh, and that was Duchesne's first multiple goal game of the season. So maybe that'll get him going. Um, Cole Smith got his first NHL goal. Um it was on a Yossi shot. Uh, the Kings did eventually pull their goal uh, quick. Um, with they, they pulled it kind of early. It was uh, a little bit over three minutes to play, which you know that's kind of that's kind of a three minutes is kind of a long, uh, still a long way to go to be pulling your goaltender. I think you know they were. Um, they were down five to three at the time. Uh, you know, two goals. You know, I just don't think that they should be pulling a goaltender with that much time. Maybe two. Um, but Yossi hit the post on the empty net from his diesel from from the you know right next to Sorrows, basically. Um, and then um, the uh, the Predators got a delay a game. Um, so that gave the Kings a power play. I don't know. <laughs> Supposedly it went over the glass, but it was it actually went in the bench. I don't know how they missed that. So the, I, that was a phantom phantom penalty in my because if if the puck goes in the bench, it's not a penalty between the benches or over the glass. It's a penalty. But this one was definitely in the bench. Um, I don't know why the Preds didn't you know argue with that more, but I guess you can't do that in a penalty. Um, and then, um, you know, there's an old guy, his, he got high-sticked uh, late in the game. Um, it broke the, one of the, the king's stick when it did that, and there was no call on that. But the Preds held on for a 5-3 win, and they actually outshot, um, actually the Kings outshot the Predators 34-28. to Um, so moving into the Jets game, which in my predictions, I was actually one for three. Um, so I wasn't doing too good. I, you know, and, uh, I, I actually predicted a win, uh, against the Jets in this. So that was the one that I got right. But the turn, I mean, for the most part, they look pretty good. Um, Coming into this game, you know, the Predators were 22-18-6. The Jets were uh, 31-16-1. And the Jets had won 10 of their last 13. So, they're coming in, they were a hot team. Um, they, uh, um, you know, the Jets scored really early, 48 seconds in. So, kind of reversal of the game before with the, when the Predators scored early against the Kings. Um but, you know, it's just a nice goal. Um, and uh, I just want to mention uh, the, uh, the Jets have a lot of former Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Dubois, 
uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, he was one of them. Um, but he, uh, I believe he scored that, um, that's, that scored that, that first goal for the Jets. Actually, I think it was the only goal. Um, yeah, it was their only goal. But, uh, I don't, you know, I, I just want to bring those, the Columbus players up because, you know, how to call the Columbus, they're not doing too well this year. Everybody's doing really good, and, and a lot of their players is because of those players that they got from Columbus. So I'm wondering if the Columbus would like to rethink some of those moves. But um, uh, Alexander Carrier, um, he's not known for his fighting. Um, but he's uh, he's really small. He, he, he's 5'11", 174. He fought... Uh, Guy's yeah, first name Stanley of the Jets, who's six, he's humongous, six, seven, 200 pounds. So, huge mismatch. Um, and this is Carrier's first NHL fight. He 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 has had fights in the NHL, um, but this was his first NHL fight. He didn't really get hit. I mean, it wasn't really, I mean, he, he kind of held his own. I mean, it wasn't a beatdown, and surprisingly, because of the size mismatch, but um. It was pre preluded from the uh, uh, the Stanley had hit uh, Cody Glass, which was a clean hat, um, but uh, Carrier was sticking up for Cody Glass, so that was good to see. Um, but Carrier actually ended up leaving the game, um, and he missed the next game as well. Um, don't know if it's if that if it was injury in that fight or not. But it probably was, but he didn't really get hit. You know, it wasn't really, it wasn't a big beatdown though. Um, but uh, you know, the Preds responded. Um, you know, the uh, the Trenton Novak Geno line they were looking really good. Um, but this first period was really fast moving. Um, but uh, you know, the second period the. the Period Winnipeg, you know the shots were pretty even. It was fifteen thirteen Winnipeg, but the second second period shots on goal, the Preds just I mean they were all over the Jets eighteen to five, um, and then uh, you know Cody Glass, uh, you know the the Jets actually had a too many a too many player, uh, but they didn't call they didn't call the penalty for some reason. I don't know why. Um, you know, we talked about the too many players, uh, early, you know, in, in earlier shows. So I don't want to, I don't want to get too much into that. Um, but the um, the Preds power play just not looking good. There was no shots. I mean, they had some decent pressure, but they just didn't shoot the puck. Um, but then uh, moving in the third period on that game, you know, Janot finally scores. It was a nice little wraparound. And that was only his fourth goal. Um, and that was his first goal since October. That was a 38-game drought. So maybe, you know, scoring in this game, maybe it'll get him get him going. Um, but the third period shots, I know the Preds, uh, the Preds got out shot 13 to 10. But they they actually end up out shooting Winnipeg forty one thirty three in the game, um, but the Preds they just absolutely dominated the second and third period, um, and their season high shots uh, was forty five. So they didn't they didn't quite do it in this game, um, 
So, but they came close. Um, you know, Granlin, um, he went to shoot at the end of that and got it blocked. Um, and then, uh, Niederer tried to give the puck to Granlin again, uh, and that got blocked. Um, but, um, the Jets Morrissey went down, and it was right around the board area. Um, with um, oh, I think it was just like really late, oh, like five seconds. I don't know if he got injured or not, so I haven't heard if he's actually injured. But um, you know, the Preds won the game, and then after the horn, the Jets just you know they just start started a fight. You know, they're I don't know why. You know, the game's over, just go to your bench, go to your locker room, and get off the ice, and, and they had to play the next day, too. Um, but then uh, the next, the, the third game, which is the last uh, the last recap I got going into the All-Star break, um, which I thought was going to be a, a loss. Um, you know, the New Jersey Devils coming in really hot. They're, they came in 12-4. and four. They were 7-0-1 um, in their last uh, eight. So they, they had an eight-game point streak going. And uh, an interesting note, Hines, since leaving New Jersey, has not lost in New Jersey. He was 4-0 coming into this game. Um, but the Preds, you know, they're, you know, we talk about turnovers, you know, the Preds turnovers, but this game they were actually forcing turnovers. Um and, uh, you know, they got a power play goal, um, which actually was looking pretty good, even though they didn't have any shots. But um, this game, I was actually having to watch it on, for some reason, uh, I couldn't get it on the Predators TV, so I had to watch in New Jersey. And I tell you what, these the New Jersey announcers are just complete. You're more on. I mean, there. I, I I couldn't hear. I, I I was. I mean, I would rather listen to Jack Edwards, oh. and and that's no lie because these they're morons. They're just complete. I just it was hard to listen to them. They were just so. I mean, I know they're New Jersey announcers, but they were just like everything New Jersey did is just like the greatest. But anyway, um. You know, um, like I said, the Preds finally got a power play goal. Uh, it was Cody Glass, uh, a rebound. And, of course, uh, New Jersey's coach, Lindsey Ruff, started crying. I don't know why. I know his name is Lindy, but I call him Lindsey Ruff because he's, he's a moron. And because um, he's just... He's worse than Crosby. He, anything happened, anything you don't like, he cries and cries and cries. I, he was crying about that penalty, and it was a legit, legit penalty. Arguably, he could be the coach of the year, I think. <laughs> I mean, look at him, he's turned that team around. They're like third in the, the league. But anyway, uh, the Preds, they were out shooting, dominating. It was just a back-and-forth game, you know, and... Um, Second period, or actually first period shots, uh, you know, national 22 to 8. But New Jersey ended up two goals on those eight shots. So Saros just wasn't look good. Um, second period, New Jersey takes the lead again. Uh, the Preds looked flat to start the second period. 
Um, you know, the Preds penalty killing, saving, saving their game again. The Preds came back, and, you know, Granlund ties it up. Uh, his sixth goal, um, it, was a, it was a Preds takeaway. Um, but the uh, another thing I want to talk about, um, the New Jersey announcers said at one point in the second period that it feels like a college hockey uh, atmosphere. Now, I'm not sure what the heck he was even meaning about that. I don't know if he was he was probably just uh, uh, making fun of the fans. But I, I don't know. I just, I think that was an inappropriate, stupid comment by the, by the announcer. And he said, who but, was the um, college environment? The, the Bridgestone Arena. Well, why do you think it's not? It's an NHL arena. It's an NHL team professional, not college. It's not say, college. He didn't, he didn't say the arena. He said the environment. He said it feels like a college hockey game. Okay. Talking about the fans. But anyway. Uh, you take that as a dig? But anyway, Lausanne. Uh, Have you ever been to a college hockey game? Uh, just a couple. But anyway, Lazan, um, he he had a nice spin move, um, which actually dropped Nico Hershier. He didn't, he didn't, he 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 made the spin move, and Hershier just got so deked out by it, he fell. <laughs> it was kind of funny to watch. Um, but you know, the Preds were all over New Jersey. Um, you know, turnovers. You know, as I keep saying, turnovers for, as far as New Jersey. Um, but then the third period started and. Preds third flat again. Um, they didn't have any shots about five minutes in. Uh, Genome missed a shorthanded breakaway. Uh, he had a shorthanded breakaway. He missed the net. <laughs> and um, I know the Preds, Preds penalty killing, they continue to shut him down. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's a huge, huge part, you know, of the, of the late success. Um, Duchesne, you know, he got on the board with his own rebound. Um, that was his 14th. That put up that put the Preds up uh, four to three with 11 minutes to go, and then Forsberg finally scored uh, with just under four minutes to play. To put up five to three. It was a it was another takeaway, um, kind of a kind of a semi breakaway. Uh, but uh, the Devils, you know, they kind of took the page out of the Kings. They pulled their goaltender uh, with 3:24 left. You know that seems kind of long. I don't know if a lot of teams are doing that now or not, but um, I sure as wouldn't be pulling them with over three minutes to play. Um, uh, but you know New Jersey did score with the goalie pulled, um, but then Forsberg he hit the post. I know and and. and uh, with the goalie in because they, they had to put the goalie back in, but uh, you know, he he hit the post uh, with um it was a he had a wide open net even the goal I don't know where the goalie was he was in the net somewhere, um but then they eventually pulled their goaltender again and then Janot, uh finally scores in the empty net so that's his second goal in as many games uh, that that salt that put it away with uh, eight seconds away. And uh, that was New Jersey's first road loss uh, since December, and uh, the Preds actually outshot them forty-one to thirty-nine. 
So pretty, uh, pretty interesting um, week for the Preds. They were 3-0, and now they're on the All-Star break. So no recaps for me next week because they got the All-Star break coming in, even though not all teams are on the All-Star break. Um, so I don't know if it's why, but um, so I think uh, I think it's time to go into the wings. Yeah, let me dive in here. Um, you know, so last week, you know, I had mentioned we had played, you know, we had Philly. That was our first game um, at home. That was a loss. And I, the Wings did everything right in this game. They kept the pace. They kept the tempo. They had a lot of shots. Um, just Carter Hart played amazing. I mean, that's that's simply all it was. The Flyers in front of Carter Hart were not that impressive. Detroit had a lot more scoring opportunities. Um, you know, they had 31 shots on goal, and Carter Hart just played amazing. So uh, Wings did all right. Lucas Raymond got a much-needed goal. He needed that little boost. He's got 15 on the season now. Uh, Sider with another assist. That puts him at 18, which I'm like our youth. That's our future. Those are the kids that are going to be there. Uh, will they be great? I mean, we're yet to tell, but, you know, it's good to see that our guys are getting some points. Um, you know, staying at home, we have San Jose come in. Now, this was an interesting game. Um, Adam Ernie gets a nice deflection out front, gets us up, you know, one nothing, and they they come back, score. But Michael Rasmussen, he's moved to wing, and he scored three goals in his last seven games. Uh-oh since he's been moved to wing. So he was playing center and he just looks a lot more comfortable out there. So watch the wings and you watch the game. Um, you know, number 27 for Detroit. He's just in a much better element. He's able to throw his body a little bit easier. He's six foot six. Uh, but I think he's really found a home on that wing. He's just, he's starting to produce more. So, you know, have to keep watching that and see how it goes. Um, you know, but unfortunately they, with, uh, less than 30 seconds in the second period, San Jose comes out and ties it up. And that, that score held true to the end. And then uh, Rashmussen, again, uh, during overtime, sets sets up Andrew Cobb, gets a nice goal. So, you know, the Wings are really in a they're, – they're starting to make some changes. They're starting to feel the team out. Like, I already knew this season wasn't going to be – it wasn't going to be a, uh, you know, like an – all-star season for the wings. I even predicted that they were going to be out of the playoffs this year. They're just not that strong of a team yet. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about this when I get into the next recap, but they're, they're getting bullied out there. Uh, but the wings end up winning it in overtime. Rasmussen, the wings are making some shifts uh, within the lines and, you know, really trying to figure out what's going on to get them sparked up. But, uh, you know, moving on, we had Montreal, went into Montreal, played. Well, I get What were those things that Montreal was wearing? I, just, I don't want to spend too much time on it. They were paying that. homage to the Montreal Expos, the baseball team. But this is hockey. The, red, the Canadians are all red and white. I don't understand why. The it's a reverse black. retro. Detroit was never black, but they put black in their jersey. Well, it's they just, got black in them. 
the only blue that's in Montreal is in the little logo, but uh, that's that's. I just want to. I didn't that. mind it. See, I didn't mind the. I mean, it wasn't my favorite, but I think I mean, the whole the whole thing. I mean, Buffalo's I think is one of the coolest because that's like a real retro. Um, but most of them are just you know t- sales. They're just looking at sales. Um. But yeah, Detroit went into the Bell Center, and again, they just they peppered freaking Allen all night long, and just it was unbelievable. Um, but he put up. Let me see here how many shots it was. The Wings put up forty two shots, and they had to win it in overtime. Uh, Robbie Fabry scores the game winning goal. Comes back from. Um, comes back from. Uh, injury and he's just been playing lights out he's throwing his body around real hard he's not afraid to mix it up on the ice um and he's scoring goals and he's scoring critical goals so great addition to have back on the on the team and can't wait to to see what he's going to do for the rest of the season um but the first goal of the game i do want to mention this was michael rasmussen again on the wing just he's really finding a knack on the wing and i think I think he might have found his spot, and he's starting to play a lot better. So hopefully that, that streak will uh, continue. But it was overall a good game by Detroit. It was back and forth. They had me up and down watching it. So uh, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, then tonight they played the Islanders uh, back-to-back after playing in Montreal last night. Uh, the boys looked tired. They just didn't look like they were there to play. Um, and, and one person I want to talk about in particular is Todd Bertuzzi. I know he's coming up on a, on a contract. I, I think the wings need to be sellers of Todd Bertuzzi. And it's not that he's not a good hockey player. He's just not able to, you know, play a, a full season. He's injured all the time and it takes him a while to get back into the swing of things when he's, when he's on point, you know, even on a line with, with Raymond and, and Larkin, you know, Raymond's a young guy. He's no, you know, Nathan McKinnon or anything like that. But back when he was playing good hockey, he was able to, um, you know, make passes, like behind the back pass, drop pass. Like he just knew where his guys were. But now, you know, he, he's just out of sync. He's not making very good passes, turning the puck over a lot, um, you know, not really scoring any goals. So he's... You know, it's. I, I think it might be time to really think about selling and trying to, you know, bring somebody else in and, you know, work at, work on getting a couple more draft picks. But, um, he did that tonight against the Islanders. He just didn't. The Wings overall just didn't show up. Stroken played okay. I mean, the announcers made it seem like they were incredible, but, uh, just they just weren't that great. Um, but yeah, I mean. It's just uh, the wings got to they got to toughen up. They have to I think they have to put some meat in the lineup and, you know, they just got to be able to start and finish. So, but yeah, that's it for Detroit. Hopefully uh, the next set again a little bit differently. But let's, uh, you know, let's kick it over to Buffalo Brian here. Well, this week, I don't know if you guys remember last week, I said we were going to go 4-0 four, four for the week, um, and we didn't. So this week, I said we were going to go 3-1, and one, but we went 4-0, and oh, so I got my weeks reversed. Uh, first game of the week was Anaheim. 
they had an awesome tribute before the game for Ryan Miller. Um, Ryan and his son dropped the puck at center ice with the Sabres and uh, Anaheim's goalie, John Gibson. Craig Anderson also for the Sabres. Um, it was a, it was. A, I don't know if I've ever seen goalies do the puck drop. So now, were you were really you cool. there? No, oh, I wish I bummer. was, but no, I was not. Not for that one, but I was there for the banner raising. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> um, they had goals by Cousins and Skinner in the first. Anaheim then tied it up before Krebs put one in. Victor Olson scored two. Krebs put a second of the game in to make it 6-3 final score. Yet another six-goal game wearing the black and red uh, go-ahead jersey. <clears throat> um, so I got that one correct. That was a win. Moving on to Dallas. Um, Craig Anderson, 700th game. I have a feeling they didn't play him the last two games because of the Miller thing. They wanted to have it all be Miller, and then give him his own game where it says 700 game. That's my guess. I don't know. Uh, he stood on his head, though, in the first period, only letting in one goal. This was at Dallas. I don't know if I said that. Um, Deline tied it up at, for a 1-1 tie after one. Uh, Olsen buried a second, 22nd one of the season. Dallas tied it up again, and then they went to overtime. In overtime... <clears throat> we got a goal from Owen Power with his first of the season to win it. Um, we're, what, 40-some games in, and he finally lights the lamp. It's been a uh, long time coming. He's been getting chances, but he hasn't been burying them until, you know, this week. Moving on to the St. Louis game. Uh, one minute into the game, Jeff Skinner scored. And then 25 seconds later, Alex Tuck with the goal. Nine minutes in. Barry's a second in 24 hours. Second goal of the season. They had an excellent first period. Boy, is he getting St. Louis hot, or like, do you think he's going to be hot? Power is looking really good, yeah. Um, I don't know, but I sure hope so. Boy, that Hopefully would really he help if he his... stayed hot after the All-Star break. I mean, you guys are, you know, you're not too far on the outside looking in. It's two points out. Yeah, I mean, um, you guys can make a run right now. Yep. So that's good. Keep him hot. The uh, St. Louis looked like the Sabres were two weeks ago. Versus Philly, they were not there. One ten into the second period, Tage Thompson with a thirty third of the season. Uh, St. Louis scored three unanswered to make it a close game, but then Cousins scored empty net, shorthanded goal with a minute left to put the game away. Uh, so I got that one right as a win, and then the Winnipeg game it was their fifth straight win. Um, <clears throat> our good friend scored his third goal in three games. Uh, Tage scored along with Olsen. Eric Comrie got the win versus his old team, which was nice. 
they were up three to nothing and then ended up being three two. As Winnipeg scored with under a minute left to make it a close game, but the Buffalo Sabres would uh, finish out and get that fifth win. So yeah, they played well. Five wins now in a row. They play tomorrow. Make it six, hopefully, versus Minnesota. So we shall see. That's all I got. You had some news on Larkin. Yeah, I, 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 you know, obviously he's kind of the talk of the NHL a little bit. Um, you know, he's a big free agent right now. Talks haven't been going great between the two sides. Uh, but they did, you know, the, the only news that I could find as of right now was that he has an eight-year deal locked up. They're just working on the financials to it. Now, I I disagree. I am a huge opponent to long-term deals. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, I just, I you don't know what the end is going to yield. I mean, yeah, you can work the cap and, well, there's not much guaranteed money, but there's still money guaranteed. It may not be breaking the bank, but it's still money guaranteed. And as a, as a Wings fan, you know, you, you got to think of the mule, Johan Franzen. I mean, they paid him like 10 years after he had re- had to retire. You know, and, and the way I see these long-term deals is like you buy a car and you ride it out for 10 years. You just change the oil. You know, you you, you just, you know, keep it keep it going, you know. But eventually, in 10 years, you're going to be sitting next to a car, brand new car, that's reasonably faster and stronger and more powerful than the one you're sitting in. And I feel it's the same way with hockey players. I mean, the game is fast. People get, you know, beat on. They fight. You know, it's a very physical game, and the body can only take so much. So, yeah, these eight-year deals, I mean, four years in, you could see significant decline. I mean, one year in, you could see. I mean, it's all a gamble. You could see tremendous gains, but I just feel that as as the the players are getting older, their production is just not going to match what they're worth. But hopefully, hopefully, Eisen's going to work out something that's going to be mutual for both sides. I just am not a fan of the long term deal. You know, maybe four years, and you know, pay him well, and move on from there. And I know Dan, you you think that. You know the players should want these, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what your thoughts are. Well, I just it's oh, it's kind of for the fans too. It's it kind of it's it's like job security, you know. Like, not that you no, it's kind of a kind of a bad player. It, it's it's kind of a bad uh, uh, comparison because you don't you know normal people in a job don't sign contracts for for their work so no but but I mean you have eight years to figure out your financial stability post retirement you're making millions and millions of dollars at a middle aged I mean Larkin is not a nineteen year old kid. He's not, you know, he wasn't, you know, he's not one of these young guns in the league. But. But I also think that they wanted to lock him to a long because they just spent how many years rebuilding around him. And they don't want to like they built around him 
to get players to fit him. And then if they lose them, then they're going to have to rebuild again around somebody else. So well, I think they just want to kind of protect their interests. Rebuild. I mean, it's it's more than one person. Um, but I I'm not saying get rid of him. I I want Larkin to stay on the Red Wings. I also feel that he's a true second line center on a contending team. I think you you drop him in Colorado. He is not going to be your first line center. You drop him in Edmonton. He's not going to be your first line center. So I I think he's a difference maker. I think he's a playmaker, but he's smaller. You know, he's not a big guy. He's I don't want to say injury prone, but you know, he takes his licks. He takes hard licks. And he's had some back issues that we can't forget about a couple seasons ago. Put him out for a while. Jamie Ben, um, you know, pushing down on his neck, took him out for the season. So he's got some pretty significant injuries, and he's not a, like I said, he's not just coming off a rookie contract. You know, he's been in the league for, you know, five, six years now. I mean, he's 26 years old. I don't know. I'm still, I'm just not a fan of it. After four years, I mean, if you can prove that you're going to keep up this production and you can continue that production for four years, then we're going to extend you. And in four years, if we're not a cup team, then you can go somewhere else. I mean, it's kind of a win-win. And I actually just saw something. I mean, I was going to mention this later in the show, but um, as long as we're talking, it kind of fits in with the Larkin thing. Um, I just actually saw something. Uh, I don't know how, how you know, if just much of a rumor to it, but uh, maybe Bo Horvat. Uh, should the Red Wings trade him um, or trade for him? I mean, there was um, talk about that, but they uh, it would it would be a good compliment to to Larkin, who you know apparently they've been looking for somebody you know to film behind Larkin. Um, See, I think I, it, I, mean, would, I don't know would, what the asking price is, but I mean they could possibly look at packaging like a Zadina Bertuzzi and a couple of draft picks. And well, put him, I'm put him out there at Larkin. I was looking, and apparently, um, it would probably. Well, they mentioned that they don't know if um, uh, Marco Casper, but uh, is somebody uh, they said that Detroit's probably not willing to get rid of him. Um. For for a uh, guy that's going to be uh, UFA, um, so right. I'm not sure what else they would want. Um, so it sounds like the Canucks are looking for somebody, you know, a younger. Uh, it sounds like they're kind of like in a rebuild. Yeah. Because um, it sounds like they 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 want some younger players. So. Probably had to be, you know, a prospect or somebody like that. Um, but uh, you know, as long as we're on some of the NHL news stories, um, speaking of the Canucks, uh, Boudreaux uh, got fired. Um, not sure if who if they who they're going to replace who they, if they named a replacement 
uh, for them, or if it's the, they're going to just have his assistant take over if they fired all their assistants. But um, I know we got Hines and everything, and he'll probably end up being there what? next year. But I would love to see Boudreaux in <clears throat> in Nashville. Um, you know, even though he's uh, some people like to call him a moron. Um, uh, but he's he, he's you know he, he he did 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 good in Washington and and I don't think the whole blame in Vancouver is him. Um, they're they're a mess, but he they were actually pretty good for the first few years under Boudreaux. Yeah, I mean, and Boudreaux's not the problem. I I think you have the same scenario. It well, not quite, but it should be the same scenarios as Nashville. He's a scapegoat. Patrick Alvin has not put a good team on that ice. And, I mean, the Canucks haven't been relevant since, what, the Sundines? But that yeah, was a long time ago. Yeah, but I mean, and they also tried to burn down their city, but whatever. But they just haven't put a good team on the ice. And Boudreaux wasn't the issue. And everybody knows that. I mean, and what I find extremely disrespectful is... The fans, they would always chant, Bruce, there it is. Like uh, that song, Bruce, there it is. And they would they were doing this in his last game. Like he knew it was his last game. The announcer or the, the media asked him that. He broke down before the game knowing that that was his last time coaching potentially an, an NHL team. And the worst part is knowing he knows that it wasn't his fault. But the fans start chanting that chant for him and the arena started playing music louder than the chant. I just find that extremely disrespectful. They're showing the man a little bit of respect. He came in, you know, did what he could with what he had with your organization. Man could probably go on to win a cup anywhere else, you know, of a relevant team. And that's how they treated him. You know, I just think he deserved better. Are you saying the fans were the fans him or the fans no, were No, no, no. They were cheering for him. They'd say, Bruce, there it is. Well, that makes sense then because they hired uh, Rick Tockett and the first game they threw jerseys onto the ice during the yep. game. Yep, they love Bruce. And so also, to, to, to mention Tockett, I mean, he doesn't have a stellar background to begin with. He already got busted for illegal gambling, right, D-Law? Is that what it was? I uh, I think I seen something like that, but that was like in. 20, I think it was in twenty eleven. It was like five five or six years ago, I think. I think it was even longer than that. I think it was twenty eleven, is when that happened. But again, this is a character guy, or this guy has a not so character to himself, and like yeah, I get it. He's on TNT, but so so is Biz Nasty. That's no shot at either one of them, but you know if if anyone can do it. Oh, is that why they said something about they mentioned him on TNT? He was on TNT, was it? He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he was that's what it's. I don't know if he was a commentator oh, okay. or just like an analyst in between. Periods. Oh, I forget what okay. she did. But again, no, that's what not, that's what they mentioned. That I mean, it's just not. I don't know. I I just don't. 
and this he might turn that organization around. That might be the exact need that they have. I just think that, you know, with his past history of gambling and you know, I'm not a huge I don't really care about the gambling thing, but it was not allowed. You broke the rules. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. Well, um, I think we all know um, Matthew Joseph. I believe he plays for Ottawa. Um, he plays for Tampa Bay. He's kind of a dirty player. Yeah. Um, his him his brother uh, Pierre Oliver Joseph. I don't know much about him. Um, not sure what team he's on. Um, but they played against each other. Uh, their first, I guess, it was their first NHL game against each other, and they uh, they were uh, sent to the penalty box um, against each other. Um, oh, Penguins! Uh, the, the Pierre Pierre Oliver uh, plays for the Penguins. Um, they uh, they got uh, they were high sticking each other, so um, kind of. A little bit of sibling robbery, maybe. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. Yeah, and their parents um, were both in the arena for that night. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I wonder if they got sent to their rooms. They just looked at each <laughs> other and you just shook their head. Yeah. But they probably were like, oh, they do. They brings back memories probably when they were kids growing up. Oh, yeah, they did that all the time or something like that. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but. Um, I don't know if you saw that video, but uh, Evander Kane up to it again. I don't think he, uh, I don't think he really meant to do it, but he um, he tripped uh, Nikita Kucherov, and uh, somehow the linesman got caught on Kucherov's skate. Um, saw the video, but I, it was kind of hard to see. So I don't, I don't think he got. I don't know if he left the game or not, but um, I just thought that was kind of an interesting, funny story, and not funny to the linesman getting caught, but you know, you know, just kind of things. And then um, I don't know if you saw the video or not. Uh, Timo Meyer, who's been in the, some you know trade rumors. Um, the video that I saw said he cheap shot Carlo, uh, Brandon Carlo, the Sharks, and then he then they fought. I was I saw the video and I didn't think it was a cheap shot. I don't know if you saw the video. If you can comment, if you thought it was cheap, I I just thought it was a hit. He just you know put him. He just checks him into the boards. I didn't, you know, just like a routine hit, I thought. Then everyone's always got to fight right afterwards. He actually fought Clifton. Timo Meyer fought Kyle yeah, Clifton. She, I couldn't, the the beginning part of the clip, you can't really tell. I got to see what happened after, because that's usually when everything breaks loose. So I'll see what happens. He's coming around, lost the puck, got taken kind of hard into the boards. Yeah, I don't think it was a cheap shot. I mean, is it Clifton? Clifton held his stick. He was pissed. He gave him a little jab to the face for holding the stick. Taki. Yeah, I don't know why they. Whoever made the video. Oh, it's Boston. They're on their. Speaking of kind of cheap, uh, even even. <laughs> speaking, even though that wasn't cheap. Speaking of cheap, um, 
you know, the blues are known for their cheap cheapness. Um, actually, um, they uh, it was at the end of the end of the period, and uh, Pavel Buchnevich, he's a former Ranger, actually, I believe. Um, although he's been in the blues for a few years now, I think he shot the puck. Um, towards the Blackhawks goaltender, and this is after the whistle, or after the after it was actually after the period was ending, after the period horn. Um, and of course, that's gonna draw. You know, yeah, it's one of those, like, what are you doing? In you know, in Chicago, even I don't. If there was flooding in beer league, it probably happened in beer league, but you know, to Chicago went right after him, and like yeah. But know, the it, funny thing is, happened. if you watch the video, like watch it again. He actually goes after. I think it's Kane. Is it Kane? I couldn't tell. He so he shoots the puck down the ice, and then he turns to initiate. So it was all premeditated, in my opinion. Did you watch it again? Yeah. He yeah. It was well after the horn. No, I know, but watch after that. He goes and initiates. Oh, it's Lafferty. I think they said. Yeah, Lafferty. So. He shoots it down the ice, and then he turns and engages Lafferty. Why would you shoot at a goalie anyway at the end of the period? Shoot it down the side of the boards or something. I don't know. That's just the way you don't do that. Are. I mean, that's just one of those unwritten rules. You don't do that. And then, um, like speaking, uh, keeping with the hits, um, I don't know why, but Meyer, I mean, I, maybe it was just uh, Myers. Hit many veneers and I he got a penalty for it, but it looks like he just hit him for no reason. I don't know if something happened, you know, before because I, you know, this video is, you know, kind of short. I couldn't obviously not gonna see the whole game, but um, I just I, I'm not sure. I. And if you just bumped into him, it actually looked like a check. I have, I've got nothing on that one either. <laughs> but here's one flying about two feet on the hat. It was impressive. I'm gonna slow it down here. Oh yeah, no, that was a terrible hit. Nope, I forgot. I was. <laughs> yep. No, that was totally <laughs> illegal. It was definitely a penalty, but I don't know oh, why he did that. I mean, yeah, I, I don't stupid. know. There, there, there must have been something between the two earlier. Being, I don't and know. He didn't I... even have the puck. <laughs> yeah. it wasn't even going to him. So, so, so I'm wondering. I'm wondering if something happened between them two, think... or Veneers did something earlier in the game, or no? I think Myers know. just snapped. I don't know. He's not didn't... even a shot yet. He, did, did Tyler Myers do that kind of stuff in Buffalo? I don't think he did. He just maybe in his old age he's getting love losing like it. You. Yeah, like yeah. Um, but I, I, you touched on this. Um, you know, enough of the hits. Uh, that's I think that's all the hits <laughs> hitting stuff I got. Uh, before we go into the hideout. Um, uh. Now, you touched on this earlier in the beginning of the show, but the Bruins, they are the fastest to 80 points in NHL history. Yeah. The Cinderella season. I mean, they're going to clinch the President's Trophy in a month, two months. So that'll lead us into the hideout. Yeah, so this week uh, I've been hearing a lot of rumors out there, as you guys I'm sure have been too. <laughs> Several players being linked to Buffalo, uh, two in specific. 
have been from the Sharks. <clears throat> and I'm not against it at all. The Sharks GM as a Sabres, Sabres alumni, so he may have a soft spot for the team. Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer. Meyer. Carlson has 15 that goals, would be 49 assists for, you for guys. 64 points. These were separate links to Sabres, but who knows? Maybe they'll be put together. Yeah, but could you imagine but, Carlson and Darlene? Oh, yeah. oh, oh my God. I, I can imagine it. That, I can imagine that. He, this uh, is for- he has a 11.5 million cap hit for five years and a no trade, move, no move clause. So, but I'm sure he wants to get out of San Jose. And the, all the all the um, NHL would be all the NHL would be. Uh oh. Yeah, I mean, the Sabers are just they're just building. I, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if you guys have the cap to afford them. You guys are building quite the squad right now. 18 million cap space, though. So. It kind of reminds me of Chicago back when they were, like, winning all their Stanley Cups, you know, was it the early 2000s or when, you know, when Chicago was good before they got bad. It kind of reminds me of that is what the Buffalo's doing. And then Timo has 28 goals, 20 assists, 48 points in 50 games, so. Uh, $6 million cap hit for the season. So, yeah, I mean, Both are even if we got one of, one of them, it would be huge. But I'm sure the outbound would be a lot. So as long as it's not our core that we have in Buffalo right now, I'm fine with it. Um, trade some of these first-round picks from last year that are scoring goals in Rochester. Do whatever it takes. Yep. Get these guys in Buffalo. Get us over the uh, hump out of the 11-year drought. And then moving on to the uh, Tuck versus Eichel watch. It was a uh, rough week for Jack. He uh, has the same amount of points as last week, but he played four games. So Tuck had uh, four games as well and had six points. So the current standings, Tuck has 23 goals, 31 assists for 54 points. In 48 games, and Eichel has 15 goals, 19 assists for 34 points in 37 games. So, Buffalo's Eichel winning. has dropped below a point per game. And yes, Buffalo is definitely. I, I bet you trade. Eichel doesn't finish this season. I shouldn't say finish. Like injury wise? I bet you he's. Yeah, I bet you he doesn't finish the season without one more injury. Probably not. He's he was getting injured a lot in Buffalo. Yeah, and that's did he ever did he ever have that surgery that was all like the whole thing the, the thing that got him out of Buffalo? Did he ever? I don't. I, I yeah, know it was like that. Okay, okay. and then. Uh, so I wonder if he's having. If, is it the same injury or is it different injuries? All different. Okay, uh, so he's beat up, and I don't think it. Oh, maybe he does get hit around a lot, but I wonder. I wonder what they're thinking of his long contract right about now. <laughs> I don't care. It's not in our. It's not in our book. So no. I don't care about. Nope. That's just my my that that is a living example of why I don't like him. <laughs> Anything more from the hideout? Nope, that was it. Go Sabres.
right, some uh, some injury updates. Uh, the Senators uh, lost Josh Norris. He uh, he actually came back from a shoulder injury, but then he reaggravated it, and now he needs surgery. So his season's over. Um, no, we had Samuelson last night. Got scratched before the game. Uh, I'm sure what happened. I think it's lower um, body. It says lower body injury against Winnipeg. No, that was before he didn't even play. What did he oh, do? Was he like, was, in warm ups or anything? I don't know if it's warm ups, but they replaced him in the lineup, so it was before the. Well, he had 21 minutes against in the St. Louis game. Um. Hey, just for the record, and he was injured. Said Josh Norris is out. But then he was he injured. He just signed an eight-year deal as well. Oh, um, but going back to Samuelson, he he played twenty-one minutes against St. Louis, but he got injured during that game. And then it's saying that he didn't feel ready for the Thursday morning skate. So hopefully he'll be back, but we'll see. And then Cousins was injured in the game, but the coach, Coach Johnny Meatball, said he'd be back if there was more time. So hopefully Cousins comes back for the game tomorrow night. Well, now there, uh, I think there's an All Star break coming up. Maybe that'll give some time to extra mm-hmm. time to to heal up. Um, so I think that's all the injuries that. And I think that I've uh, heard. Samuelson just signed a big deal. Didn't he have a seven year? Yeah, this is a big deal, but for a little cap. Yeah, this is another Tage uh, signing. When you get older, you start feeling it. So uh, that leads us into the AHL updates. Uh, anything new on the Griffins, except for they're just not playing Im- good? Imploding and being terrible and not playing well at all. That's because yeah. Detroit's got other players. That about sums it up. Um but they did beat on Wednesday. They did beat the uh, Rockford Ice Hogs, um, and then they did beat the Wolves before that. But they are just not playing very well. The Wolves of whatever I said. Wolves. Wolves. <laughs> the Wolves. I misspoke. Um, I, mean, I guess the only thing I can say. Is some of these some of the guys on, you know, Verana's playing well down there, Nadalkovich is playing well, um, you know. But seeing some of the young guys like Simon Edvinson, Austin Zarnak, you know, seeing these guys playing good hockey, exciting. There's a future. So while they're they're going through some rough times, individuals on the team are are playing well enough to where you could see him in a winged wheel. But, yeah, just more losses, a couple of wins, bunch of losses, just no, downright no good hockey being played well, right now. I think I'd rather have the AHL team uh, not doing too well and the NHL team doing really good instead of the other way around, um, which leads me into the uh, – uh, the Milwaukee Admirals uh, last Saturday they were in in Iowa. You know they lost. I mentioned uh, last week they lost the first game, uh, but they ended up winning a shootout uh, four to three, and then they had 
uh, pretty much the whole week off. They just played uh, earlier uh, on the 20th, Friday um, against Rockford Ice Hogs, who kind of uh, must be they just played uh, the Griffins. Um, but they won 8-4, to four, and the Predators... Um, um, uh, Freen's pick, uh, I think it was Freen's, Kiefer, uh, uh, Kiefer Sorry, Sherwood, who, no, Kiefer Sherwood, who they got from Colorado, um, he's in Milwaukee, he had a hat trick against, uh, Rockford, an 8-4 win, and then, uh, tomorrow night they got the Griffins, so maybe another win there, and then they got, uh, that's, that's in Milwaukee, and then they got the Griffins again, uh, on the 31st, so they got two coming up against them. Go Griffins. Um, yeah, well, they'll probably win that game. Well, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, so so we'll, we'll, we'll quick, before, we jump, before we jump into the Amherst quick, I wonder if there's any correlation between an NHL team and their AHL team, like, are they, like, if Colorado. I don't know who their their expansion team or their. I think it's Lake Erie or Lake, Lake the one Lake. team in Erie. Um, Colorado. Yeah. No, Colorado has a Colorado team. Oh, it's the Colorado Eagles. Now that's right. Um, Columbus is in Lake Lake. It used to be Erie or the Lake, Correct. whatever they're yeah. called. It's Col- they're Columbus now. Colorado yeah. Eagles are Colorado. That's right. But now thinking about that. So if the Avalanche are having a great Stanley Cup, we'll use Boston. And is it still Providence for Boston? Yeah. Yep. So is Providence having a stellar season this year or no? I'm just trying to see if there's any correlation. Like, oh, if the AHL team is doing great, then typically their their main club is doing great. You know, um, like you you know, one club is really good and one's really bad. Providence is. Providence is second in their division, uh, 55 points behind Hershey, who is Washington's team. And the Charlotte Checkers are third. Who, I'm not sure who they are. But, yeah, Providence is they're 55 points. They're second in their division. One of the top teams. Well, well I'll let, you know, Brian, go hit, hit off your Amherst recap because I'm going to see what they're – their record is and how they're playing compared to Buffalo. So, moving on to the Amherst. The uh, Amherst broke their losing streak finally by coming back on Wednesday. I believe they were playing uh, Wilkes-Barre. Um, won at 3-2. I didn't watch the game. But, uh, then they turn around tonight, and thanks to Dan's jinx, they lost another game. So don't blame me. That's like the first time they lost when I visit when I've been there. No, but you also opened your mouth and said something, and that jinxed them. So there's no. that. Tonight was uh, Jason Pomneville and J- Val James were put into the Amherst Hall of Fame tonight. That was a nice ceremony before the game. Um, a nice speech by Palmers. And Talking Val, about years and uh, all those players, basically everyone that you saw last week in Buffalo um, was his teammates back here in Rochester when he was playing here. Um, Randy Cunningworth came back and was the person who inducted him or whatever you want to call it. 
he was actually standing in front of me at the game for a few minutes in the aisle way there. But yeah, so Amherst are not doing so hot right now. They have several injuries, long-term injuries, but uh, yeah. Uh-oh. Not so hot. I think I remember, when did you guys, uh, Detroit, when the Calder Cup? Um, let me look at the year. I forget what year that was. I feel like you guys won it, and Detroit was doing bad, starting to do bad. I feel like that was like a cor- correlation. I think it was right around, uh, just before, just after uh, Milwaukee won the cup in, in 04. But it might have been after that. No, it was after that. 2016, 2017. That was in their bad. Era. Oh, was that late? Wow. It was just recent. Yep. And wasn't that yeah. when you guys started being bad? Yeah, they were terrible. Yeah, so there's some correlation. It's totally like building up the uh, entire. Yeah, and that's I mean, no, that's what I'm trying to point out to you. You know, you keep saying they need to get in a rebuild, and I was like, well, they can, they could have build both, you know, it for the future and have in this in the same time without having to go into a total rebuild. You know, have you know build their AHL team so then when they're ready to play in the NHL level, they can go right to NHL and be, you know, produce and still have some veterans I mean, that are good. Let's be realistic. And then let's be real for a second. AHL. Let's be real. Think about this. Like I'm thinking about it for Detroit. I want you to do the same. How many guys are regular call-ups on a regular basis or that have been called up and just stayed on the team? It usually only happens, uh, like, if there's an injury and, you know, and then they, but, and they playing really well. Oh, um, I mean. And then the guy comes back from injury and they're, the guy's playing so well that they don't want to send him down. And usually but it's because the heat had to clear waivers. and. But that's one person. Well, and then they two people on your on your roster, right? Like you're and then not gonna Ve- have regulars. And then you got teams like Vegas that kind of screw with the uh, salary cap thing and put them on IR when they're not really injured. Yeah, that's all a game. That's a whole other topic. That's never happened. But yeah, I mean, if come on, no. Yeah, never. Only Vegas. Only Tampa Bay. <clears throat> Tampa Bay. Yep. That's how well, they, they won the cup. They did it too. Yeah. You're more on. That's how they won jerk. the cup. With Kucherov. Right? Mm hmm. Yep. Stamkos? One of the two. Yeah, but he was injured. Kucherov was injured, though. I know. It must have been somebody else. Injured. They kept him. They kept him. Oh, but he, well, he, he, just happened to get, kept... he just happened to get healthy for the playoffs. Oh. Yeah, he was just magically healthy. Well, they, the but they, no, no, well, the Tampa Bay announcers will be homers because they kept saying he's injured. All of course announcers say that. are homers. <gasps> Real quick on the AHL, uh, Terry Koharski, longtime referee, hanging it up after 40 years. No kidding. I, uh, I won't be sad to see him go. He was a... Uh, not a fan of Rochester, that's for sure. A lot of bad calls. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's him or his brother. Sayonara. but Probably why he was in the AHL. 
and not the NHL. I don't know how that works with the uh, referees. Uh, is that, you know, kind of yeah, like, you know. Go, they can go back and forth because I think Justin Kia has played as a uh, ref some NHL games this year. So it's sort of like a merit. Like if you if you if you're really good, then you can yeah. step in the NHL. So, no, I wouldn't say that because Kia is not a good ref. So, well, neither one, neither were the ones tonight. I think he was one of them tonight. I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure he was one of the refs tonight. So, um, if, if we got anything else to add, I know we don't have much. We won't have any much for the previews because we're going to the All Star break. Um, so I don't, I don't have any, uh, you know, the Preds. I don't have any previews for the Preds because they're on their All Star break right now, um, and they. Their next, their next game coming out of the All-Star break is on February 7th at home against Vegas. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Wings are in the exact same boat, so, um, you know, they're off. And when they come back, they are at home against Edmonton. So that'll be an interesting game. I thought they had a game coming up, or did they just play their last yeah, game? Friday. Last okay. Oh, maybe it's Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo has game tomorrow <clears throat> at Minnesota, and they have a game Wednesday at Car- versus Carolina in Buffalo. Oh, I'm no, going with a win. Uh, and so there is that was that a scheduled one? Oh, I don't know, because it's a, it's weird. Because I know one of them, one of those can or postponed was is May is in April. I don't remember how many yeah, they had. Year. I don't remember how many they had postponed. I know they moved some games around too, so it might have been a move around game. I don't know, but it's in the middle of the week, so. Because there does seem like there's quite a few teams that are playing uh, this week um, up until. I think next Thursday or Friday. Let me see real quick. I think Friday is the the skills competition, isn't it? Uh, it uh, I think it's Saturday. I think Gabe Sunday, which is kind of dumb. Yeah, there's... Looks like there's a bunch of games tomorrow, obviously. So it looks like a lot of teams are going to be ending what might be going, uh, you know, their last game for the break. And then there's two games on Sunday, one game on Monday. There's three games on Tuesday. And then Buffalo obviously plays on Wednesday. There's two games on Wednesday. The Buffalo game's on TNT. And then you head into the All-Star game. And then, and then the All-Star game on Saturday. Well, this one shows Saturday. Okay, so I guess it's on. I guess the All Star game is on Saturday then. Okay. Justin Kia was the referee tonight. Shocking. Going back to that. Not shocking at all. See, I have him winning uh, tomorrow and then losing on Wednesday. What do you guys think about doing a competition? What do you got? Uh, kind of like the light the lamp thing that the Detroit does with their. Uh, whether what they do it for the light the lamp for the goal scores or whatever. Well, I'm, well, my idea is every week we predict each other's games. So you predict my games, I predict your games, vice versa, whatever. And then so just we all, keep it. We all predict all three games, like all yeah. three teams. All three teams. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. 
see who can. Uh, we should have a little prize at the end. How about a bottle or something? Well, we sponsors, so we can't go into that. Our yeah, uh, our two two listeners. Uh, so uh, is that all we have, or we got anything else? I think that's all I have. Um, well, kind of a short short show compared to last week. Uh, we had a whole full two hours. I had something, but I can't remember what it was. How about them standing? Sabers are two points, two points out of a playoff. I think spot. did we lose Dan? That would be a terrible, terrible thing. I didn't hear. I don't hear him. It looks he's like muted. He says he's talking. He's muted. Oh, but on my side, it shows that he was talking. Thanks uh, for tuning in. Um, See, he was. Huh? You just cut out. It says you're muted, but you're talking. Mm, my mic's not muted. We got talking. We were talking about the standings. Yeah, Buffalo's only two points out behind Pittsburgh. Two points out of the playoffs. Uh, wait so, a minute. Two weeks. Standing. Wait a minute. We weren't talking about standings. I just no, talked about the standings. He just brought it up when you disappeared. Uh, I didn't disappear. You did. You disappeared. You did. You'll hear it and be like, oh my God, did I disappear? But yeah, the, uh, are, the Islanders are right there. The Wings didn't help you tonight with that. Um, three, I, three I don't know there. what the heck we're talking about because I, I don't know. All, we're, all we were talking about is just the wild card and where Buffalo is sitting on them. Oh, it's Washington's too early for that. Right there too. We have three games to play still. It's too early for that. Play. It's too early to talk. No, I don't think so. It's We're never, never too early. early. It's never too early. The Wings are seven points back. They need to make quite a run. You remember a couple weeks ago when Dan was saying, oh, Nashville only has 18 losses and Buffalo has 19. Yep. Since he said that, neither team has lost a game. So thanks for the uh, support, Dan. There you go. Well, it's about time. To, it's about time Nashville wins. <laughs> Buffalo has the longest win streak right now in the league. So Ooh-wee. even longer Let's than keep Boston. It up. The current, the current win streak. Oh, gotcha. Uh-oh. Awesome. Just active. Carolina's got a four-win, four-game win streak going right now. But yeah, that's all I got. Me too. So now you can hit your little finish thing, Dan. All right. Uh, so once again, Pride Wings Podcast on Facebook, Twitter at Pride Wings Pod, and Twitch and Discord at Pride Wings Podcast. Um, episode 45 is in the books. Thanks for tuning in to Pride Wings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya, Smashville.